0: You know, I thought Planet Sandra was one of those hilarious things that comes from me working from undubbed, unsubbed videotapes. But listen to this. And then look at this. It says Sandra. Hey, I guess in an infinite universe, every planet's got to be called something. We open with Scourge and Cyclonus taking the titular SOS. They go to Galvatron with it and it begins to argue with the walls. Okay, so they're inside Scorponok while he's in city mode, but, well, a small part of me misses batshit insane Galvatron from the U.S. series, so a small part of me is going to pretend that he's arguing with the walls. Back at Galvatron's desk, hey, the boss has to sit somewhere, he has a conversation with Ratbat, and I'm still not over the fact that in Japan, Soundwave's animal cassettes can talk. Meanwhile, the Autobots are having a meeting, also about Sandra, and Daniel is far too excited when some circles line up with some other circles. My Japanese is a little rusty in this next part, by which I mean I still don't speak a word of it, but I think they might be talking about Tacos and Joe Camel. They also sit around the world's biggest tabletop Miss Pac-Man machine to discuss Sandra further. Oh, and hey, there's that Autobot who can disguise himself as a Decepticon. Or possibly the other way around. Counting his car mode, does this make him a triple changer? Or like a one and a half changer? Or something like a robot crossdresser maybe? Meanwhile, Daniel and Wheelie are washing one of the Headmasters. Uh, Okay, that's creepy. Imagine if you had, like, an underage coworker and they gave you a bath. Yeah, bad touch, Wheelie. Please stop. Ratbat reports back to Galvatron, who's still sitting at that empty desk in that featureless room. Maybe Japanese Galvatron is also insane, but in a much, much creepier way. The Autobots start loading up the train for some kind of flying road trip, presumably to Sandra, and the Decepticons attack, and then... then Headmasters happens for a while. And, I gotta tell you, still not tired of all these combiner fights. If nothing else for the fact that Japanese Devastator can actually land a punch. Then more talking happens. And it's not just that I don't understand what they're saying. This is really one of the most padded and talky episodes they've done. There'd better be something amazing at Sandra when they finally get there. Well, that looks like some kind of Elfin Ron Jeremy, so... Alright, that's pretty amazing, actually. A commando team consisting of the two squishy humans and two of the tiny heads detached from the two much larger bodies lands on the planet. Oh, I tell a lie, they also brought Wheatley. Then Fortress Maximus and Scorponok have another really lame fight. What gives with these two? All they ever do is crash into each other with the occasional little pansy kick. Some more fighting happens for about 30 seconds, then we have a weird tearful farewell from Planet Sandra. Wait, so what was the SOS about? What got fixed? Is Planet Sandra going to be okay? Man, I really need to start learning to understand Japanese. Ah, man, can I skip this one? I hated the Daniel episodes on The American Show, and that Daniel was way less of a little weenie than he is in Japan. We begin at Decepticon HQ. Two jets show up on screen, so naturally the headmasters immediately rush out to fight them. Guys, have you not seen the 88 toy catalog? That's... oh god, that's Snapdragon and Apeface. Yeah, okay, get a few extra hits in for me, would you? Well, if you ever wanted to watch a robot gorilla fight a robot alligator, friend, you are in luck. Then Galvatron shows up, and we suddenly realize that these are Decepticons after all. God damn it, I said that like 30 seconds ago. Nobody ever listens to me. The Autobots talk about these new guys, presumably spending some time talking about just how low Transformer naming conventions have come if we've resorted to Apeface. Then Spike says something that provokes this reaction. <laughs> Then Cybertron explodes, except that it probably doesn't. We know how this show loves to play that trick. Meanwhile, Galvatron gets really angry at a piece of paper, then starts arguing with the walls again. Back at Autobot HQ, we're also really concerned about a piece of paper. This one has something to do with Daniel. Presumably his biggest crisis ever. That's my guess anyway. So the Witwicky family pile into the flying space train, which then goes to the space bridge, then to some island. Really seems like there'd be an easier way to do that. Then Spike and Galvatron stare at each other across an empty table. Galvatron just does not like furnishings, I guess. I'm thinking Spike is negotiating somehow, or the way Carly and Daniel are shuttled off to some other room here is he is he selling them to Decepticons? That certainly qualify as Daniel's biggest crisis ever. Given this little temper tantrum. The theory does kind of fit. Dad, he's saying, I'll clean my room, I'll eat my vegetables. Please don't sell me to Galvatron in exchange for a six-pack of trendy microbrewed beer for you and enough energon to get the train bots back home. Sorry, Daniel, Galvatron is your new father now. Do I have to go too? Asks Carly. Shut up, woman, you bring shame to this family. Then the Autobots get bored with waiting for whatever's going on and start sumo wrestling, and then we reveal that Spike hasn't been negotiating with Galvatron all this time like we thought. That's six shot. Oh no, I guess. Then some fighting breaks out and we see the two new guys being a gorilla and a dragon thing. Seriously, I had this toy and I never had any idea what the hell it was supposed to be. He's a jet, he's a robot, and he's a pile. Then the Decepticons, even ape head and dragon pile, retreat and blow up the space bridge behind them. Then the Autobots go home and Daniel... Oh, that was bad translation. They meant Daniel has a big cry, not a crisis. Then the Autobots exile him and wheelie into space, I assume. Hang on, Planet Hive? The Hive were part of the Headmaster's awful origin in the U.S. series. Is that just a coincidence or are we gonna see weird green fishmen with names like Gort show up here too? Oh, never mind. That must be where these bee people are from. They kinda look like villains from The Tick, don't they? They're smart enough to know that they should turn around and run the hell away when they see that pointy purple symbol, at least. I think they call the Autobots for help, but they're too late by the time they get there. Nothing left but tiny pieces of bee guy ships and, whoa, dead guys. One guy's still alive, though, and he proceeds to tell them about his planet, probably not called Sandra, unfortunately, and its honeycomb hideout or whatever. And while I'm not entirely sure what all is going on here, I've been watching Transformers for long enough to know that they have some kind of powerful energy source that the Decepticons will be coming for, or possibly delicious honey. And they have a queen, because bee people. The guy the Autobots rescued dies and passes something along to one of the headmasters. Maybe one day a bee person will rise from their ranks and use the power of whatever that is to sting their darkest hour. I don't know. I do know that Daniel has spent an awful lot of his young life watching things die on tables. The Decepticons make it to the B planet and start killing guys. Man, I kind of love how violent this show can get. And what appears to be the B version of Daniel watches on in horror. Then the Autobots show up and the B guys start attacking, probably because they think they're Decepticons. Damn it! they just made a point of showing that they knew what the symbol meant. Was that just one ship of particularly not stupid guys? Also, since when did everyone take orders from Fortress Maximus' disembodied head? I mean, it turns into a robot, that's the whole point of headmasters, remember? One of the car guys storms off and goes for a drive, reminiscing about his dead bee friend and whatever the hell it is he handed off to him before he became his dead bee friend. And then he meets B Daniel, because of course he does. Then he hands the necklace, or whatever, to the kid, and the kid immediately drops it on the ground. He really is the Daniel of these people, jeez! B. Daniel tells the bee people that Autobots aren't the enemies of the bee people. I really need to stop saying the word bee. And the Decepticons break through their defenses and demand that the Queen turn over the delicious honey because Galvatron's tea just isn't the same with sugar, and also he heard that local pollen can help him with his allergies. Then Chromedome fights the two new guys, and somehow he defeats them using the stupid heads-on trick entirely by himself. Seriously, it takes the combined might of Sixshot and Galvatron, two of the three most powerful Decepticons on this series, to take him out. The Queen calls RC, and this must have been tricky for that one poor lady who's clearly both of their voices, especially since they're both saying things like, Let's bake cookies for the boys, and I hope the children are okay. Well, they're probably saying that. The Autobots advance on the fighting and the usual happens. Then Chromedome emerges from the magic healing honey and kicks a bunch of ass. Then Cerebros holds aloft his magic sword and the theme song plays and Fortress Maximus transforms into a robot. Seriously, are we going to make a huge deal out of this every time one of the main characters does a thing that makes a Transformer a Transformer? Every time? Yet another fight between him and Scorponok lasts less than 15 seconds, and then the episode is over. What the hell? There wasn't a fight to the death at all. Well, unless you're a bee guy, I guess.